Welcome to America's Religious War, America at the Hands of a Cult, Part 2. Are we living through a culture war or a religious war? Can we even tell the difference by now? The left demonized the religious for nearly all of my life. Yet here we are, a country at the hands of a cult, and the intellectuals can't get us out of it. No proper boundaries to protect children, no guiding principles beyond categorizing us by skin color or gender identity, a godlessness that has left us awash in narcissism and hollowed-out morality. Progressivism is an invasive species. It can't stop on its own. It has to blow through everything. The Me Too and Time's Up movements collapsed. The funds dried up for Black Lives Matter. The box office in Hollywood is like a ghost town. All they have left now is to invade the minds and hearts of children, to indoctrinate them into this bizarre new cult that seemingly came out of nowhere, aka Tumblr circa 2012. There is no question that the pendulum is ready to swing, as the left has long passed its sell-by date and Americans are just done. It is not a question of if, but when. If the Republicans can't find a way to rescue this country in 2024, as Ronald Reagan did in 1980, then they must be the most inept political party in American history. Adherence to traditional religion is in decline. Something new is taking its place, and I'm deeply concerned about what the results might be. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. You may lose God from your society, and as a non-believer I have very mixed views about that, but just because you've lost God from your society doesn't mean you don't have God-shaped holes. A massive God-shaped hole in our society is what the hell people are meant to be doing with their time here on Earth. The woke answer it with a pretty good answer of their own, which is that life can be most meaningfully lived by fighting for justice. Progressivism and eugenics. Hitler's monstrosities were just serious enough to pour cold water on eugenics. But before World War II, as the progressive movement of the 1800s was winding down, eugenics was quite popular with all the cultural and political elites back then, from the New Yorker. Quote, a sloppy reading of Gregor Mendel's Peapods and Charles Darwin's theories gave a scientific veneer to the conclusion that many social ills were caused by the proliferation of the wrong sort of people, and that they could be neatly nipped in the bud with the intervention of eugenics, a term coined in 1883 by Darwin's half-cousin Francis Galton, who declared it a virile creed full of hopefulness. Soon the United States, along with Germany, was at the forefront of the movement to improve the human species through breeding. Scientific American ran articles on the subject, and the American Museum of Natural History hosted conferences. Theodore Roosevelt, Alexander Graham Bell, John D. Rockefeller Jr., and many other prominent citizens were outspoken supporters. Eugenics was taught in schools, celebrated in exhibits at the World's Fair, and even preached from pulpits. The human race, one prominent advocate declared in 1909, was poised to dry up the springs that feed the torrent of defective and degenerate protoplasm, end quote. If you listen carefully to history, 
you'll find unsung heroes in the devout Christians who stood against slavery, against eugenics, and now against abortion and gender-affirming care. You'll notice I threw abortion in there, even though it puts me on the other side of the line as a pro-lifer. It's just that I can see the future, and I know we're headed for declining birth rates, infertility, testosterone shortages, and who knows what else. Very likely, we'll look back at the casual abortions and wonder, what could they have been thinking? But it's even more damning than that. Double mastectomies of healthy breasts on teenage girls who can't consent. Sterilization as commonplace as spaying and neutering pets, now visited upon children. 30% of those identifying as transgender and seeking treatment also have autism. Drugs used for chemical castration given to young boys shrink their penises and render them unable to father children. Flesh taken from other parts of the body to fashion an imaginary male penis that never works properly. Loss of sexual function for both boys and girls whose puberty is disrupted too soon. Hysterectomies of women in their 20s because cross-sex hormones destroyed their reproductive organs. Children being divided in elementary schools as oppressed and oppressors and being taught that the only thing that matters about them is their skin color and their gender identity. A desire to foist upon black children that they can only succeed through affirmative action because they can't achieve anything in a country rooted in systemic racism. Christian conservatives or Orthodox Jews might not be perfect, particularly where same-sex marriage is concerned. But when you remove religion, humans still crave the structure and a collective sense of purpose religion provides. And that's how you get to cults. We've been here before, back in the 1960s and into the 70s. The difference then was that it was confined as a counterculture movement, with most institutions, including the government, still rooted in the Judeo-Christian ethos. Those of us who lived through the 70s as children remember all too well what it felt like to live without the necessary guardrails to protect us. Children of the Me Generation For podcast listeners, a cartoon that says, Remember, a naked man on a raincoat on the left says, This gets you arrested. And then, a naked man in a raincoat on the right holding a pride flag, This doesn't. Pride this year flashed me back to growing up in a hippie enclave of Topanga Canyon in the 1970s when I saw more male dicks before the age of 10 than I'd seen Barbies. They were just kind of everywhere. My mother dated a guy we called the Fruitarian, who sat cross-legged at the beach in front of us and ate watermelon. You can't unsee that. Here is a video from a European reacting to Pride. On a scale 1 to 10, how proud are you? What the actual f***? This is why we're saying that perverts and predators are hiding behind the LGBTQ community. Because imagine if it was a random straight guy that got almost naked and started twerking in front of kids in the middle of the street. How sick in your mind you have to be to want to do this in front of children. Also, if you look at the kids, they literally look uncomfortable and scared and ugh. Why do they have to look at it? What the hell is wrong with the parents that take their kids to that and force them to watch someone old pervert naked guy 
twerk. It's, it's insane. You know, where I'm from, public indecency is punishable by law. Exposing yourself to kids especially is breaking the law. That's illegal. You go to jail, you are casted out of the community, not celebrated. This would never fly here. Never. Never. Ever. Can you imagine some papoos in tidy whiteys twerking in Platilla Lefterias? Anyway, here are some comments. Legit just an excuse to get... We were dragged to annual grape stomps because our friends made their own wine. And there they'd be, all the hippie adults buck naked and stomping grapes, smushing their bodies together while we swam in the pool nearby. Bad things happened at those grape stomps. Bad things happened everywhere because the parents weren't looking. It was a sex offender's paradise. The dirty little secret is that in the wake of the feminist movement and the counterculture revolution, serial killers were on the rise, and so were rapists. Not to mention all of that child molestation that would have to be worked out decades later in therapy or by watching Oprah every day at three, or with psych meds. All that freedom did was unlock a gate to the hen house, as the wolves patrolled the perimeter. My childhood instilled in me a toughness that I remain grateful for, but there is no doubt that the loose boundaries meant kids and women were left vulnerable. Now everyone is afraid to speak out. They're afraid of being tagged a Christian conservative. So they say nothing and throw the children to the wolves. It's not just the emperor's new clothes. It's the emperor's giant fake gazungas meant to turn on teenage boys that we're all now mandated to tolerate. This is a video captured by a student at Oakville Trafalgar High School showing a teacher instructing the class on how to use a saw. The teacher has been documented on several occasions with what people describe as very large prosthetic breasts with protruding nipples that are clearly seen through form-fitting clothes. The teacher's appearance has been the subject of reports from the New York Post and Network News in the States. Students tell CHCH that this is a constant topic in class. The entire school. Like, every single class that I'm in, the teacher is, like, the topic. Like, she, it's, yeah. I don't know, like... And obviously the teachers have no say over it. It's just... I'll be walking in the in the hallways and I'll see her walking around. It's just it's kind of discomforting to be in a school environment with that. The Halton District School Board says they're not taking any action against the teacher, saying they want to create a safe learning environment and quote ensure a safe and inclusive environment for all students, staff, and the community, regardless of their race, age, ability, sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, ethnicity, religion, cultural observance, social economic circumstances, or body type or size. Adding that, quote, gender identity and gender expression are protected grounds under the Ontario Human Rights Code, a statement that students say contradicts the school's own dress code that they have to follow. It's ridiculous. Why? She, I think it violates the dress code completely, and it's completely inappropriate. The thing is, in the dress code for HDSB, like, it says you need to wear opaque clothing. There are pictures even of the teacher where you can completely see her nipples, even the color of, like, you can see the color, you can see the shape. It's ridiculous. And it's very distracting for students. Not, like, a good thing for, like, 13-year-old, 14-year-old kids mm -hmm. to look at and stuff, so. I think teachers should have to wear a business casual outfit, um, be presentable and professional in the workplace. Molesters can dress up in drag and snuggle up with children now. Rapists can enter female prisons. Flashers can wag their junk and twerk at parades. P 
Peepers can openly stare at naked women in locker rooms. And they can flaunt it in our faces because the good liberals on the left will do nothing, lest they be called bigots and turfs. Or we're back to the 70s again, and to object to any of it means you're a prude or uptight. There were plenty of pride parades that didn't have sociopaths chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Though they didn't go viral. But that's like the mostly peaceful protests of pride. America at the Hands of a Cult While walking through my neighborhood the other day, I noticed a pride flag flying at Thomas Jefferson Elementary School. A pride flag at a public elementary school? When did LGBTQIA plus and trans kids become an accepted and even mandated ideology? A quick Google search gave me my answer. The policy was enacted in all public schools in the Burbank School District in 2021. LGBTQIA plus and trans kids are a brand new phenomenon. Trust me, I know. I was not only a helicopter parent raising a kid in progressive public schools in the Hollywood Hills and Studio City area, but I also worked as a kindergarten aide. There was plenty of tinkering with the brain chemicals of children, particularly boys who were diagnosed with ADHD or bipolar disorder and medicated as a way to make them conform to our ideal of what progressive children should act like. But there was never talk of gender or sexuality or being born in the wrong body. Here is Benjamin Boyce on the concept of trans kids. And lastly, I'm thinking about this concept of the trans kid and why that is being promulgated. And we can go through like all the money and the institutional things, and, and there's a lot of different ways to critique that. But it, if kids are given this opportunity to not be a man and not be a woman, that's a very powerful idea. That's very mythological too. That, that's that's godlike behavior. If you're free from sex, you're free from age, you're free from, you know, it's like the Garden of Eden, like the, that fruit that they tasted was having babies and dying and, and giving yourself, giving your innocence over to work the earth, to go through labor. And if you could get away from that, you could just be, you could be Peter Pan. You could just like, you could live your life completely uh, beyond sex. It's a very, it's a very, I, I want to use a, a mythological term, it's a very Luciferian way of using your will our Gnostic, it's using your will and your, your intention and then technology and science to become superhuman, to excuse yourself from the filth and the disgustingness of human beings. So those are a lot of different ideas and, and what, I, what I'm trying to grasp at is that there's a lot of different ways for us to approach this topic. I think somehow, I don't know if California's lost or not or if America's lost or not, I mean, we're in the middle of pride. I heard that there's 145 days that are celebrated for alternative sexualities or something, and not all of them. Not everybody celebrates Demisexuality Day or whatever, but like, there's so, like, it, religion is coming back into the world. If we don't understand what religion does and serves, and we want to say, well, you know, that, that, that's mythology, that we're, we're past that, we're not going to understand how to deal with it as it ties society together, together give, gives a bunch of people collective meaning if we don't try to figure out how to engage with that collective sense-making process of tradition, of mythology, of storytelling, we're not going to give these kids any tools to understand themselves and the people who have the mythology and all the money 
are going to win the day. So we need to really kind of, I think we need to get a little bit religious, a little bit spiritual, and, and really start to think in terms of storytelling, in terms of meaning making, while also understanding that there's realities and intuitions and, and physical beings, uh, physical processes and physical reality, and also understanding that there are manifested through the transgenderism, a lot of um, expressions of, of uh, psychological disorders and stuff like that. There's technical understandings. I don't, I'm not excusing that at all, but I think we need to pair it. If we're going to have any sort of standing, we need to pair it with a deeper sense of, of meaning making. So. I sent my daughter to Cleveland High School's Humanities Magnet, where they taught critical race theory in ninth grade back in 2012. Now, this is what her school has listed for the 11th grade curriculum, quote, Unit 4, Unraveling the Gender Knot, Acquiring Gender Literacy to Promote Equity. The concluding unit will be a study of America through the acquisition of gender literacy, highlighting the problematic effects of patriarchy on all genders. We will begin with a look at the constructive ideologies of what it is to be a quote-unquote man or quote-unquote woman, and how limiting gender roles affect the dynamics of relationships. Excerpts from Alice Walker's The Color Purple, Maxine Hong Kingston's Woman's Warrior, and Sandra Cisneros's Woman Hollering Creek will give voice to the intimately oppressed within the traditional model of gender relations. We will also explore homophobia, transphobia, and heterosexism as expressions of fear and ignorance, that affect social encounters and prohibit the full expression of identity. Looking carefully at these troubling dynamics can help us meet the challenge to create a truly democratic society, one of equality and equity, unquote. Does that sound like teaching accurate history to you? Or does it sound like indoctrination? And then this from the free press positioned as an oh those crazy kids piece, quote, Earlier this month, I strolled around the L.A. Pride Parade in Hollywood. There I met a gay 11-year-old boy who had to contend not with being routinely bullied, but with the fact that the two other gay boys in his class were dating each other and not him. And who's to say which is worse, really? I met a whole slew of gay-looking girls who identified as everything from queer to lesbian to trans, and who very politely tolerated my interrogations on everything from their pronouns to their chest bindings, I met a 10-year-old who told me she was non-binary and pansexual, or rather, they were non-binary and pansexual, end quote. It should not be surprising that further down the article there is this, quote, a recent Gallup poll shows a seven-point overall drop in Americans' belief that same-sex relationships are morally acceptable. It's down to 64%. The drop is larger among Republicans, 56% to 41%, but holds for Democrats too. We were at 85% support last year, now we're at 79%, end quote. Old gays know what's coming because they lived through the 1980s when the gay rights movement had to once again fight for acceptance in the wake of the AIDS epidemic. Many of them are admirably trying to pull us back from the brink, like this man. Now, next up, I have Heath Barnes. Thank you. I've stayed out of the school board situation. I do not have children in the school board. As a gay man who came out in 2005 and fought for LGBT rights, we are being set back by 30 years because we have started messing with our children. Leave our children alone. There's a time and a place to be taught, but elementary children do not need to be taught the sexualization 
of things. Do I say that there's not, I will never say that transgender is not real. I have some great friends that are transgender. But for a five-year-old to be reading some of these books and to be told that they don't have to tell their parents if somebody comes to them is a problem. I have a very close friend who I consider a cousin or even like a sister whose nine-year-old child, this was not in the state of Maryland, came home a few weeks ago and was told by her teacher that she could be a boy if she wanted to simply because she has short hair and she plays softball. The little girl was in tears. She said, Mommy, I don't want to be a boy. I just like to play ball. Why are our children being taught this? Our reading scores, our math scores are failing in the state of Maryland. Coming from a grandchild of a U.S. Army veteran who also taught special education for 20 years after he retired from the Army, he would turn over in his grave if he's seen what our schools have come to. Teach our kids the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. We are failing our country. Our children are growing up and they're passing and they're failing the grades. Other countries are outpassing us in our scores because we're focused on a social ideology versus what we need to be teaching them. I'm not going to come out, like I said, and say that transgender is not real. This isn't a cult of one personality, but a cult of many. The cult leaders are activists and influencers. The Biden administration is reeling them in to co-opt their platform for votes. One of those is Rose Montoya, who was just banned from the White House for standing in a conga line with other transgender influencers and going topless to display scars where breasts used to be and implants where none used to be. A quick look at Montoya's TikTok feed reveals an out-and-proud exhibitionist as happy with the new implants as what dangles between the legs. Here is a video of Rose Montoya. I had the incredible opportunity to walk for the real catwalk. I was invited to celebrate myself and show up however I felt most comfortable. So I decided to walk unapologetically untucked. Lately, I've been really working on my self-love. I'm finally beginning to feel confident and comfortable in my body. I'm so tired of being made to feel shameful or like I should hide it or tuck it away because I was born in the right body. It's time that everyone else understood that. There's nothing wrong with being trans. Montoya and other transgender people can have it all. They can be whatever they want and define themselves however they like. I have no problem with that. The problem is what they're selling as influencers. Gender euphoria and eternal happiness with your own body, no matter where it takes you. Not even 10 years ago, Montoya was building a platform on YouTube, not as a trans female, but as a former Christian, coming out as gay. Starting in the Old Testament, 
Genesis. God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, or Amy and Eve. Fine, but there were plenty of homosexual couples, relationships, and even marriages during Bible times. Because in 2023, being a gay boy isn't going to get you 800,000 followers on TikTok. That Montoya and Dylan Mulvaney and other trans influencers are the only input, what chance do young people have to escape this madness? Yet when they wake up from the trance as their brain matures, they're stuck with their breasts having been removed, their voice lowered, and hair sprouting up everywhere. They're not men, even if the cult has convinced them to say they are. How can anyone watch this video and not fly into a rage and scream at these monsters? What are you doing to these kids? Here's a video of a detransition story. I think I regret medically transitioning to male. I've been on testosterone and doing testosterone injections for about seven and a half years. Um, I started when I was 14 in 2015. I also got top surgery, which is double mastectomy with um, kind of like male appearance chest reconstruction when I was 16. I then got a hysterectomy last year when I was 21. The biggest reason was um, because I was getting a lot of pain, um, like atrophy, cramping, in my uterus from the testosterone in my head i kind of had this these thoughts of like well if i'm a man then i don't need these maybe like eight months after my hysterectomy i had to go into emergency surgery because one of my um my right ovary twisted inside and kind of died they said it like twisted and it was like I don't know if like the circulation got cut off to it or something and it died and sort of ruptured and now I only have one ovary um, and the ovary that I still have um, I don't know if it's healthy and there's no way to really tell I don't think I just kind of have to hope that what chance do they have if the president of the United States and his zombie avatar Gavin Newsom are prepared to enact legislation that separates children from their parents. Here is Aaron Friday confronting Newsom on the bill he would probably sign to remove custody of a parent who refuses to affirm their child's gender. What you're doing to our children. How are you doing, Mr. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. How about you, uh, Governor Newsom? Do you know what a detransitioner is? Do you know Chloe Cole? At the age of 15, she got her breasts removed and now regrets it because of gender. How are you? The Lodi woman, she, oh, at 13, she got her breasts removed. Gender affirmative care. No one stopped her. She was mentally unwell. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just had a... You can't date until you're 18. You can't date until you're 18. You can't go in a tanning salon. But young girls and young boys, you get their body parts removed. Talk to me. Our duty. I'm an attorney. Do it, Gavin. Sign that bill and watch your career go up in flames. This mass delusion is not going to last, and I can't wait to watch all of the weak and compliant Democrats, not one of them with the courage enough to stand up to the cult, carry this albatross around with them, like toilet paper stuck to the bottom of their shoes for the rest of their careers. Do they think we're going to forget it? Never.
Here is Dr. Miriam Grossman on how politics has infected the mental health industry. Um, Dr. Grossman, you're a child psychiatrist. Uh, can you expand upon the profound lack of clinical reviews and the long-term impacts of, of these treatments, puberty blockers, hormones, and surgeries? Well, yes, as I said, we don't have, we don't have the kind of studies that we would like. And I think it's very important for people to understand that when we talk about uh, standards of care and we talk about guidelines and all the various associations that have come out uh, for gender-affirming care and about politics and partisanship, partisanshipness, those organizations themselves are, are rife with politics. They are permeated with politics. The Can you expand on that? Tell, tell us how those activists have pressured dissenting voices in this, in this well, yes, I just, I just interviewed a number of doctors for, for my book, uh, pediatricians, endocrinologists, who reported back to me on the fact that when they tried to speak up and, and have um, panel discussions or uh, presentations that challenged gender-affirming care at the American Academy of Pediatrics or at the Endocrine Society, they're simply not given that opportunity. Even people, you know, who, who have written, uh, writing articles, the articles are turned down by a lot of journals. People have to understand that politics uh, has, has uh, medicine, unfortunately, is, is permeated with politics at this point. Now, ideally, we wouldn't be stepping in. Who, who wants the government stepping in between doctors and parents and children? Of course, we... Cults always find their way to kids. Usually when they do, that's when the feds bust in. Only by now, the feds have been sucked into the cult too. Imagine living in a country that would go along with something like this. A video of a mother who lost custody of her child at the hands of a cult. My name is Abigail Martinez. It has been three years and 164 days since I lost my daughter, Yaley. I miss her every single day. Let me tell you how she died. My daughter was murdered by a gender ideology. CPS took my daughter when she was 16 years old. It was helped by her public school counselor and LGBTQ group rights and another trans-identified girl. My daughter was taken from her loving home because the state of California claimed I was abusive. Uh, for not affirming her trans identity. I lost my daughter over a name and a pronoun. Even after, after I, prom I promised to call her a male name, it wasn't enough. My daughter was not a boy trapped in a girl's body. She had mental health issues. Against my consent, my daughter was given testosterone instead of therapy. The LGBTQ group used her to, pro to raise money for, for them. Look at the poor reject trans boy, they said. Why are there so many transgender in foster care? Because this they take them from their families tell them to run, then steal them. Parents are given one option to treat their distressed child, 
a firm drug and remove their healthy body part or else lose your child. The abuse claim against me was finally dropped, but it was too late. The damage was done. My then, my, by then, my daughter was in a horrible mental and physical pain. My daughter knelt down in front of a train. She was murdered by gender ideology. I beg you, stop pushing gender ideology. I don't want any parent to feel what I feel every day. Affirmation is not good for the health, safety, and welfare of any child. A Pregnant Man Glamour UK's Pride cover story declares, Logan Brown, I'm a pregnant trans man, and I do exist. No matter what anyone says, I'm literally living proof. Just as her penis distorts biological reality and millions of years of evolution, not just among humans, but all mammals on the planet, so too is this pregnant trans man a slow-rolling catastrophe for our species. This pregnant trans man will have to lie to her own child to convince her that a man gave birth to her. Maybe she will explain it accurately, but she will demand that the child affirm her gender identity and go along with the delusion that this person is not her mother, but her father. Mothers are not expendable. The mother-child bond is the foundation of our civilization. Breasts aren't there as baubles on a Christmas tree you can just remove at will. They have a purpose, a general cocktail of the most nutritious food for babies on the planet. But it's more than that. Mothers teach us love. They teach us how to be loved. We can do without them in dire situations, but why would a mother do that to her own child? Granted, this pregnant trans man claims to have autism, as so many of them do, which makes her the rarity of transgender people who can still even get pregnant. The Pendulum Swing The girls that were sucked into the Manson cult sat outside the courthouse and carved an X in their foreheads after he did, which they'd have to live with for the rest of their lives. But even that was better than the idiot girls who committed murder for Manson and then had to spend the entirety of their lives in prison. Cult fanaticism does strange things to people. Charlie would be set free, they insisted. Then the revolution will come, they were brainwashed to believe. Who wanted to save them? Those so many in the 1970s called the God People. I understand that there are some people that are trying to rescue you from time to time. Oh, the, the Jesus people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Jesus people have, uh, in other words, people see that this is the end, that uh, a revolution's coming or a lot of big changes are coming. And, uh, the Jesus people are, are slipping into the minds of all the people that are confused and don't know where to go. Do you feel that the end is in sight and a change is coming also? Big, big, big changes are coming yeah. real soon. You're kind of thinking the same way they are then, aren't you? Well, uh, every, you know, everyone you, you meet talks about it. Uh-huh. Even the, even the lady, little old ladies who sit on the corner who have had their welfare checks taken away. And the little old man and all those... After a close election in 1968, 
Richard Nixon would win in a landslide in 1972, a couple of years after the Manson murders. That was the end of the world for the counterculture left. Though Watergate would bring down Nixon and briefly disrupt the pendulum shift to the right, there was no way Jimmy Carter could have met the moment, just like there is no way Joe Biden can meet the moment. All they could do is take us exactly where we didn't want to go, farther to the left. I know Obama doesn't want to let go of his control and influence of this country. I understand that he doesn't want everything he built to wash away. Even if Democrats on the left want to marginalize those pushing against the cult as God people of the modern era, it isn't only religious conservatives. The backlash is coming. Billboard Chris has been traveling the world to wake people up to the very thing that will not only take Democrats out of power, probably for a generation, but will ultimately bring down the empire the boomers built all the way back in the 1960s. Here's a video of Billboard Chris. I'm having conversations about the harm coming to kids. So the sign on my front says children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And the sign on my back is one little playful. It normally is one that says the definition of a dad, Mm -hmm. which is a human male who protects his kids from gender ideology. So what specifically is uh, your view of gender ideology and why do you think it is so dangerous for children? So in a nutshell, my views are that there are two sexes, there are zero genders, and there are infinite personalities. Right. Because that just captures all of us beautifully. There's no right way to be a boy or a girl. But this ideology teaches that just because a girl or a boy are gender nonconforming, if a girl wants to climb trees and play in the dirt and hates wearing dresses, well, guess what? She's a beautiful girl. Yeah. She's not a boy. She's not a trans boy. She's not anything other than what she is, which is a girl. And we need to abolish this entire ideology, which teaches that stereotypes define who our kids are. Right. So gendered stereotypes being used as a, a, the way to define what, you know, what someone's gender identity is. Right. Where do you stand, though, when that gets to adulthood, when, pe- when people are you know, past the age of consent? Look, adults can call themselves whatever they want. They can take on whatever label they want. And if they want to modify their body, that's their choice, I suppose. However, there is a caveat here. Doctors have still sworn an oath to first do no harm. Mm. And if you've got some 18-year-old who comes into your gender clinic who's struggling with trauma and abuse, and there might have been sexual abuse, or maybe they have autism, or who knows what's going on in their life, yes. we don't just start cutting off body parts right away. We should be treating these underlying mental health comorbidities first. And as a last-case scenario, if body modification is required to alleviate this condition called gender dysphoria, well, that's a conversation for an adult to have. This should never be done with kids. This is a big country rooted in traditional religion. Just drive across it and look at all the churches in all the towns from coast to coast. I never understood the Ronald Reagan thing as an anti-establishment Gen Xer reaching adulthood in the 1980s. Now, though, after what we've lived through, I finally get it. Listen to his speech for the nomination for president in 1980. Listen to it from the vantage point of 2023. Tonight, let us dedicate ourselves to renewing the American compact. I ask you not simply to trust me, but to trust your values, our values, and to hold me responsible for living up to them. I ask you to trust that American spirit, which knows no ethnic, religious, social, political, regional, or economic boundaries. The spirit that burned with zeal in the hearts of millions of immigrants from every corner of the earth who came here in search of freedom. Some say that spirit no longer exists, but I've seen it. 
I felt it all across this land, in the big cities, the small towns, and in rural America. It's still there, ready to blaze into life if you and I are willing to do what has to be done. We have to do the practical things, the down-to-earth things such as creating policies that will stimulate our economy, increase productivity, and put America back to work. The time is now to limit federal spending, to insist on a stable monetary reform, and to free ourselves from imported oil. The time is now to resolve that the basis of a firm and principled foreign policy is one that takes the world as it is and seeks to change it by leadership and example, not by harangue, harassment, or wishful thinking. The time is now to say that we shall seek new friendships and expand others and improve others, but we shall not do so by breaking our word or casting aside old friends and allies. And the time is now to redeem promises once made to the American people by another candidate in another time and another place. He said, for three long years, I have been going up and down this country preaching that government, federal, state, and local cost too much. I shall not stop that preaching. As an immediate program of action, we must abolish useful, useless offices. We must eliminate unnecessary functions of government. We must consolidate subdivisions of government and, like the private citizen, give up luxuries which we can no longer afford. And then he said, I propose to you, my friends, and through you, that government of all kinds, big and little, be made solvent, and that the example be set by the President of the United States and his cabinet. That was Franklin Delano Roosevelt's words as he accepted the Democratic nomination for president in 1932. The time, the time is now, my fellow Americans, to recapture our destiny, to take it into our own hands. And to do this, we'll take away many of us, or we'll take many of us working together. I ask you tonight, all over this land, to volunteer your help in this cause so that we can carry our message throughout the land. Isn't it time that we, the people, carry out those unkept promises that we pledge to each other and to all America on this July day, 48 years later, that now we intend to do just that? I have thought of something that's not a part of my speech and worried over whether I should do it. Can we doubt that only a divine providence placed this land, this island of freedom, here as a refuge for all those people in the world who yearn to breathe free? Jews and Christians enduring persecution behind the Iron Curtain, the boat people of Southeast Asia, of Cuba, and of Haiti, the victims of drought and famine in Africa, the freedom fighters in Afghanistan, and our own countrymen held in savage captivity. I'll confess that I've been a little afraid to suggest what I'm going to suggest. I'm more afraid not to. Can we begin our crusade, join together in a moment of silent prayer?
God bless America. Tell me bringing a convention hall to complete silence and prayer doesn't resonate. Tell me a leader choking up at the mere mention of bringing God back into the minds and hearts of Americans doesn't have power then and now. I was not raised with religion. I never went to church and was never taught to pray. I put my faith instead in movies and all that the baby boomers built during their counterculture revolution. I feel lucky to have grown up with all of that rich storytelling. But what is left now? Nothing but state propaganda. In Ang Lee's Life of Pi, the film ends with an explanation of religion that has always rang true to me. Here is a scene from Life of Pi. Can I ask you something? Of course. I've told you two stories about what happened out of the ocean. Neither explains what caused the sinking of the ship. And no one can prove which story is true and which is not. In both stories, the ship sinks, my family dies, and I suffer. True. So which story do you prefer? The one with the tiger. That's the better story. Thank you. And so it goes with God. And so it goes with God, he says. The better story is what we must tell ourselves to endure as people, as a species and as a country. And Yan Martel writes in Life of Pi, quote, I can only tell you a story. What you choose to believe is up to you. I would be lying if I didn't admit that if the alternative is a fundamentalist cult, I'll be rooting for the God people. Coming up, part three, Trump and the Seeds of Mass Hysteria. Thank you for listening to my substack, sashastone.substack.com. And if you missed part one, it's America at the Hands of a Cult. And remember, to thine own self be true. Hope you had a great weekend. My sweet Lord Desperately I am alone Afraid to be My love is gone So far away I need my sweet Lord help today Let your love shine down on me And I I'm
Blind is the fool I see that night I broke the rules And let you down I walked Thank you.